The Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Ore Cycling Apparel. They make great fitting pro-level cycling kit made with coffee grounds, so that's eco-friendly as well. And five trees are planted with the purchase of every garment. If you're out and about and want to be seen in some good-looking cycling kit, go check out www.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and we are in the sunny and lovely area around Phillip Island at the moment. We've got a great view from our race-provided hotel room uh, down here and it's a pleasure to be joined, as is quite regular on this podcast, by Marcus Cooley, newly of Sapura Racing, or Team Sapura Cycling, I believe it's called. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's... um Great to be back. It's been quite a while since um, the last time I've been on on the podcast. So, um, yeah, looking forward to get back, get, getting back into it. And it's going to be a good race to talk about. I'm intrigued by this course, Marcus. I don't know how much um, wrecking you've done of it. My guess is not much, given you got in yesterday. It looks on the profile to be quite interesting. And um, a few of the riders who have wrecked the course have talked about, particularly this gravel climb that's um, coming up tomorrow for or not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow for you guys. Yeah, no, it, it should be interesting. I've had a I've had a bit of a look at the the course profiles and um, distances start list, so um, I've got a rough idea what we've got ahead. But I, in terms of having a look around, um, you know, I've ridden up Arthur's seat once before, but other than that, I don't think I would have ridden on any of the roads we'll be racing on. Personally, first off, a new year, new team for you, going from St George Continental to a Malaysian team. What's the first first impressions of of, of being on a new squad and dealing with, you know, different cultures. Yeah, it's been uh, great so far. Me and Ben Dybel have um, come across to Sapporo from uh, St. George. Uh, we've, we've raced against the team for the last couple of seasons, both of us, so we had a rough idea of what we were, we were getting into. And it's, um, yeah, it's been uh, great so far. It's um, well-organised and, um, yeah, it's got a pretty, uh, pretty good infrastructure, so we're looking forward to getting stuck into... The, uh, the year racing here and then particularly uh, later in the year and head over to, to race uh, the Asia Tour, which will be the main focus of the team. I guess the idea is recreating the success you had with uh, Ben last year with the St. George. Yeah, I mean, even if we can get Ben the same results as you did last year, then uh, we'll be in for a fantastic season. But, um, you know, I think... Uh, hopefully try and build on that we've got a, a few tricks up our sleeve to try and get him a few better results so um hopefully if we can um implement a few changes yeah we should uh, hopefully get him big wins this year well first up is the herald sun tour and it's going to be a tough one for you guys coming up against four world tour teams but let's dive into the stages first stage is around phillip island it's 22 laps of a four and a half kilometer uh, course there I think it adds up to about 97 kilometers all up um, it's pretty windy out here at the moment Marcus um, do you think the wind will affect that race much it definitely could but um, I've heard it's quite a wide road so it would probably take quite a lot of uh, of wind to, to split the bunch up as well as being um, laps that sometimes make it a bit harder to split as well so I'd, I'd guess that we're, we're going to end up with with a sprint and um, I'm hoping anyway that it's not too chaotic and it's uh, yeah, just just get through it. With those 
changes directions. You need like a little bit of time normally to force a, a split um, if you're going to really put it in the gutter, um, would you say? Or, you know, can these splits happen really quickly even on something like a race course like Phillip Island? The splits can happen really quickly, but in terms of cons- consolidating the split, um, if you if you change uh, wind, wind direction and it's uh, not ideal conditions for, for splitting anymore unless everyone is 100% committed to keeping the gaps open, it's... If there's any hesitation, they normally uh, come back together pretty quickly. So that should be a fairly straightforward one. Um, just looking through the sprinters um, that we have on the tour here, obviously there's Brenton Jones, who's going to be riding for the Cordamantha real estate team. Apart from that, I mean, we've got names like... Yeah, well, I think we'll have Walter Whippet from Evo Pro Racing. I mean, maybe Owen Duell will stick his uh, nose to the wind. Dan McClay for EF Education. And then uh, Theo Yates from uh, Drapak has just come off a win at um, New Zealand Cycle Classic as well. Um, they're probably going to be the main contenders. It's not like a Caleb Ewan, um, TDU, Viviani sort of field, is it? Um, there's plenty of, you think, opportunity there for riders to take a flyer and um, perhaps take the win there. It's just yeah, pointing out that on the start list, Christopher Halverson, a former 23 world champion, so he's probably pretty pretty quick as well so um depends if uh sky uh, looking to to win a few sprints this week or not on to the second stage now and it is from one thaggy to churchill and it goes for approximately 120 kilometers and they and it's kind of a bit choppy towards the end um i was speaking to brody chapman who will put in a quick um, bite with later she was talking about how it's actually quite um, up and down in that final section towards the the final climb, uh, which is that gravel climb, which summits with about 11 kilometres go. Um, It looks from the road book that the climb's about 3Ks and goes up at about 10% with that gravel section and peaks of about 15% in gradients. So, yeah, not an easy climb by the sounds of things, Marcus. No, it depends on how it's raced. It could be uh, reasonably decisive. I mean, you'd think there'll probably be a reduced bunch sprint um, coming into the finish of, of, of that climb, but um, I don't think it'll be quite long enough to, to get rid of the, the majority of, of the field. How does gravel affect these sort of climbs? Because we've seen in races like, um, well, the Giro, and particularly with the Colo del, de la Fenestra, um, that was an incredibly decisive climb on this year's Giro. Um, does it make a does it make a great deal of difference to how how it's raced? Generally, I think uh, for me anyway, I try and just stay seated a bit more, and you can't throw in massive uh, acceleration standing up because you'll probably uh, skid your your rear wheel. So uh, maybe it's just uh, a little less punchy, but um, otherwise, if as long as it's a good quality dirt road overall over a longer period of time it doesn't make a huge amount of difference yeah there's supposed to be a a bit of a descent on the gravel as well so that will be um interesting i I doubt the world tour guys are going to want to go down there too hard after the descent there's about four k's into the finish so i think there's definitely potential there for riders to get away but it's unlikely to be a decisive gap given that we've got for a sense of after after the seat coming up later in the race yeah, generally you just use the, the classic line that you can't win the race, but you can lose it. So I don't think many of the, the World Tour boys will be looking to take any risks in, in January and uh, put in jeopardy some more important parts of their season. 
Well, that leaves the door open for plenty of um, guys wanting to make their own name. Maybe a, a guy like Marcus, for instance. Um, anyway, on to the third stage now, and it's the longest stage in the race. It's from Sale to Warrigal, and it's 160 k's. First half of it is pan flat, and I've been around that area a little bit. It's flat and devoid of terrain, and really much vegetation at all. So there could be some winds on that first section, and then after about 80 k's, it transitions into quite uh, rolling you know undulating terrain and then leading into like a technical sort of uphill ish uh, sprint finish um is that what you've gleaned from the profile marcus yeah more or less from uh from having a quick look you'd, you'd suggest it would just be a, a break or go away and come back and uh have a have a sprint at the end yeah, maybe maybe somebody like Neil Vanderplug for that sort of stage. I mean, it's somebody somebody who's a bit of a harder harder rider, um, who can deal with the positioning requirements um, of going pretty fast at the end there. Moving on to the fourth stage, and it is the queen stage of the race. It is Arthur's Seat times four. It is from Cape Shunk to Arthur's Seat. Uh, they actually took a um, a lap out of the Arthur's Seat loop, so now there will be f- ascensions of Arthur's Seat rather than the five that was initially mooted. Um, I had it explained to me by the race organisers that it was to do with reducing the effect on traffic in the area, but I don't know, you, you'd have thought they'd have got that organised beforehand. Anyway, times for up Arthur's Seat, three kilometres, about 8%, pretty much um, solid all the way tough climb and really should see the the best climbers come to the fore yeah you'd, you'd say so yeah you'd probably expect there to be a attack at, towards the base of the last time up the climb of Arthur's seat from uh richie port and um, doing the classic longer style attack but yeah you'd think uh, it'll be uh, a sort of a, a wait till the the race starts on the last time up the seat i'm interested in how the tactics are going to play out in this race um Richie sort of indicated that he wouldn't mind, you know, letting a few breaks go if his Trek riders were in there to give, like, guys like Will Clark a chance at winning a stage. Um, that seems to suggest that, you know, they maybe they're not going to play such an active role in policing the race as maybe we've seen um, by teams like Mitchell and Scott in, in TDU and Kettle Evans' race. Yeah, well, I don't think I've ever seen Richie attack on... The penultimate climb. He always waits until the last, the last minute, where he's um, most likely to win. So uh, you'd, you'd say it was would be up to the other teams to try and light it up um, uh, on previous laps around. But I'm pretty confident that he'll go about three minutes from from the top. Yeah, we've seen him work and do it before, and it's a it's a winning formula. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look outside him for winning that stage, but obviously we've got some big names here. Uh, stage five in Melbourne is a sort of commess around the Botanic Gardens and parks of that area. Not quite the same, not exactly the same area as where they do the prologue uh, TT in past years, but just adjacent to that. Um, not a hard course, but there is a little climb on there of about... Uh, 600 metres at 5%, I think I, I rated it at. And, yeah, I mean, that will put a bit of sting in the legs, but I don't think anyone's going to drop be dropped by that who was going to win the race anyway. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd say so. That no, no one who's up there on GC is going to have any sort of trouble in that in that kind of lap. So, yeah, you'll probably have a, a, a bit of a procession and a, then a, a sprint at the end. But who knows, maybe there'll be a twist somewhere throughout the race. Yeah, 
interesting move by the organisers um, because the prologue used to be on like a, a weeknight and you'd get people, you know, going home from work and um, maybe being disrupted by um, everything that's happening out there with a bike race going on in the middle of South Bank. So putting it on a weekend, maybe there'll be a bit less passing traffic, but there'll um, be a bit more opportunity for families and stuff like that to come out and uh, check out the racing. Okay, now seems as good a chance as any to jump in with the interview with Brodie Chapman where she basically just talks about the race and her thoughts on defending her title from last year, essentially. Okay, coming up, Brodie Chapman from Tibco SVB. I'm expecting it to be raced pretty hard, actually. You know, it's as much as it's the Herald Sun Tour again, it's different parkours, it's a bit of a different peloton, and, uh, yeah, so we'll treat it as a fresh new race and see what we can do. What about stage two in particular? Looks like it's a pretty tough Yeah, look, the Churchill climb stage two uh, has a bit of gravel at the end, and it does kind of ramp up to some pretty steep percentages at some point, and I anticipate that by the time we get to that climb, the race will have already been made very hard. Um, you know, the like before the climb there's a lot of rolling kind of hard roads and uh, I'm unsure of the wind yet but that could always play a factor so um, yeah I, I expect the race to be raced hard especially if there are some sort of GC points that have been established in the first stage. Have you it is a, that climb? I did it yesterday yeah okay. for the first time. Tough. It is definitely tough it's uh, hard to you know go easy <laughs> on the climb you can only go as hard as you can go but like I said I do anticipate the legs are already quite loaded before that point um, but I, I imagine I'll have my team making making sure that's reduced as much as possible <laughs> you'll perhaps be quite well seated to that gravel section though you've having one gravel, gravel tar and uh, yeah is that something that you're looking forward to definitely to um, maybe to make a difference yeah like I do feel pretty confident on the gravel on my road bike just because I do seek it out occasionally yeah. Um, but yeah again like once you're once you're tired and there's other other riders around you've just got to back it off just a little bit um in order to get through it safely there's no point hooking it way too fast because then you might come down and that's worse off so but yeah i think it definitely adds a, a bit of a tougher element and uh, this may be a race of attrition i feel yeah, you got to look at your main opposition at the cadell evans road race where you were on some decent form um who are you looking at for, for that big climb at the end uh, look i'm definitely looking at mitchelton scott i mean they obviously come in with their extremely strong climbers and uh inform australians unfortunately uh ashley mormon passio and alana sierra are not here for this race um but also like jenna merrick from mike greer home so she was the one who was with me at gravel and tar she shows she's got incredible climbing form and can handle herself on the gravel and out there in the wind so uh as much as she might appear like a dark horse to some other riders i definitely know how strong she can be and um i'll be keeping an eye on the national team as well for sure and um coming back to a race which um, essentially made your career i mean you you know you were a national team member last year this year you're lining up in your tipco colors um what, what does this race mean to you? Uh, it's really special. It's kind of cool to come back as defending champion, and I really just want to see this race grow. I'd love to see it um, grow in prestige over the years and perhaps a few more stages, and I think anyone who wins this tour, it's pretty special for Australian cycling. So uh, it's it's just really fun. It's, it's good to be here. <laughs> How different do you think it will be, the fact you've got the flat stage first this year? Um, everyone should still be on the same time. And yeah, that's going to make it interesting. Like I said, we are coming into it. It is a totally new race. You don't approach it like the same as last year. Um, I am really looking forward to cutting laps around the GP 
track at Phillip Island. I reckon that'll be pretty sick. Try and get a bit rusty with the knees. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, I, I um, it, that'll certainly be raced hard as well. It'll be, you know, Race Melbourne was a somewhat of a similar course in that it's a bit longer than a crit. Um, it's flat, it's fast, you've got some really good lead-out trains developing this early on in the women's peloton. So um, for me, I imagine I'll be trying to uh, save the legs a bit in that stage, but you never know how it'll fold out, unfold rather. Can I just, lastly, can I just ask a bit more about um, the difference coming to this race this year? As Not really as a defending champion, just the position you're in on a pro mm. team. How, how different does it feel? I mean, last year you presumably came in <laughs> hoping to do what you could, but, you know, then won it, and then this year you're, you're, you're very much a... Yeah, well, you know, you can only really play the dark horse card once if it <laughs> if it pays off, which it did. So um, obviously there's going to be a uh, target on my back and I'm not going to be able to sneak away. Um, but I guess I'm just a bit more prepared. I've, like, obviously just understand how racing works a bit better this, this time around. Did some YouTubing, so um, <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and obviously having the support of a team um, that I've been racing with this season, and also a lot of the girls last year, it uh, it just makes it a bit more. I don't know. You're less anxious because you know you've got your team around you. It makes such a big difference uh, that I hadn't experienced before, really. So yeah. Thank you. Thanks for Okay, overall contenders, Marcus. Why don't we start off with your own your own big GC contender, uh, Ben Dyer? Yeah, Ben probably won't win this week, but <laughs> well, it might be. Hopefully, it'll be a different story come March and uh, Lane Cowie. But um, no, I, I think uh, Ben he'll he'll probably go pretty well, but he I don't think he'll win this week. Yeah, you'd you'd probably be looking at um, the likes of. Kenny Ellisond, Michael Woods, and Richie Port, and then I'm going to throw in Jesse Feetme as well, as uh, he's going to have a he's going to have a very good run up after the seat, just just quietly, and I think he might uh, surprise a few of the the bigger teams with what he can do over a sort of eight minute power. Certainly very impressive um, at the New Zealand Cycle Classic where he took out the Queen stage there. Yeah, no full credit to him this year. They've got. Quite a quite a strong sport squad that, I mean here and I think throughout most of the NRS season they um they're going to be produce they're going to be a bit of a thorn in the side of the 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 bridge lane type teams that have sort of dominated the the scene for a long time and they've uh, yeah definitely got a more depth than we've seen in the past. Elson who was at in superb form at Tour but um, they've also got the. Um, amazing talent, Pavel Sivakov, who absolutely dominated um, the under-23 scene last year. Um, might be a bit early for him, but... Yeah, you'd, you'd be interested to see how he'll, uh, how he'll go throughout the rest of the season in Europe. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure he'll be um, the main guy for them this week. Some Australian youngsters and Michael Potter and Freddie Ovette from the Pro Racing Sunshine Coast team look to be their strongest cards in the classification michael potter if it's uh if it does wait until the the last time up the climb he's got a super explosive punch in him as well so he could be uh he could be up there um as well towards the the pointy end at the finish he's another uh, strava fiend as well just like freddie and uh i suppose bridge lane the another team we have to really talk about um 
stacked full of quite good um, talents. Dylan Sunderland, Chris Harper, um, they're going to be right up there. You'd suggest um, on their current form, Dylan in particular has been um, in, in particularly hot form um, from the looks of things. Yeah, yeah, Dylan, Dylan and uh, Chris have been going really well. I'd love to see um, Dylan uh, being a bit more active in the race and sort of uh, being a bit more aggressive. I find he, he sort of races a lot better when he when he takes the race head on rather than um, sitting in and racing racing just the finale. So um, I think he could uh, definitely produce a, a couple of great rides this week as well. Uh, James Whelan, I'll put in there as a smoky as well. He's doing really well and he's been impressing his teammates in his debut uh, season for EF Education First. Um, but finally, Mitchell and Scott, how would you approach this race if you were them? I mean, they've got Lucas Hamilton who comes in as their established, uh, as their designated leader, but they've got a former winner in the ra- of the race in Damien Housen, the oldest looking 25-year-old you've ever seen in your life. Uh, Cameron Meyer, who was second here last year. Uh, Robert Stannard and even some riders like Dion Smith and Nick Schultz who, you know, if they were given enough um, room in like a breakaway stage that they've got the potential to hold on for a win if they've got a, a minute or two up their sleeve. So, I don't know, how would you play it? Would you go aggressive or would you just put it all in on Lucas, do you think? You'd, you'd probably want to play it aggressive but keep Lucas if it's uh, more of a conservative race as well. But I'm, I'm sure they'll have a, a plan and they'll, they'll take the race race head-on because um as you see in sort of the tour down under over the last couple of years that's when they've uh, got their best results when they they take uh take the race head-on evo pro racing i'm interested in here i mean aaron gate um got them off to a good start um well actually no they won the gravel and tire classic before they first and third in the gravel and tire classic before they won the new zealand cycle classic so it's been a pretty rapid start to the year for evo pro racing um an irish team which contains quite a few australians and new zealanders um for instance on their start list here we've got cyrus monk luke mudgeway shane archbold aaron gate and harry sweeney so two aussies and three kiwis plus walter lippert who's essentially australian in in a few ways because he spent a lot of time with drapek back in the day yeah, I mean, that's a strong team and they showed their power at New Zealand Cycle Classic. Yeah, and um, you'd say the only guy you didn't mention there, Dan Whitehouse, is probably the... I mean, I'd say he's almost the, the pick of them. He's uh, one of the strongest bike riders you'll ever meet. Um, but uh, he sort of hasn't translated that to um, the results sheet often. He has a few times, but um, he could be in for a, a good week as well. Um, if you, I think he's got some form at the moment, and you'd say uh, Whippet's got to be one of the the top two or three guys in the, in the sprint. So I would not be at all surprised if they won a stage or two this this week. Quarter meant the real estate. They're um, full of inform make or inform insight TM make riders. Um, their their name still confuses me. So they have Pat Lane in the car DSing and a bunch of inform riders in the team alongside Brenton Jones. Sam Jenner. It's Nathan Elliott and essentially a lot of very young riders there uh, who we're looking to develop into the future. I mean, uh, Nathan was saying to me the other day, he and um, he and Raph Reinstein are 27, 28. The rest of the squad um, brings them down to an average age of 19. So that's a... Uh, hopefully we can see those sort of guys developing. Carter Turnbull in particular is probably the pick of that guy, pick of those in terms of talent we've seen so far pretty cool that um 
inform have got the opportunity to put um, a few riders in in the race. Um, it's a great opportunity for them. Um, they had a great season last year, so um, it'll be interesting to see how the the younger guys go. It is quite short stages, I suppose. But um, I was told that uh, before uh, Cadell's Carter hadn't done a race longer than 120 kilometers. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, does go in uh, the slightly longer stages. Kudos to Cycling Australia for letting um, Inform enter a enter a team. That's pretty much it. There's a few teams that we didn't really mention. I mean, Drapen, Drapak, Cannondale have got a good team of all-rounders here, and I think they'll be amongst the attacks. Uh, Futuro Maxis have brought some interesting riders, actually. I'll be interested to see what Nick Miller and Chris Williams can do. Um, Chris Chris is getting towards the end of his career, isn't he? I mean, I probably don't want to say that to his face, but um, he's I think he's, he'd be late 30s by now, and he's had a long career with Novo Nordisk over overseas. So, yeah, good to see him back and still racing in for the future of Maxis uh, guys. Um, okay, let's knuckle down now and give me a prediction, uh, Marcus. You said you, you predicted that Ben wouldn't win, the, wouldn't win so um, I suppose that makes it easy that I, that I can rule you out of um, picking your own team. Who, who's going to be taking uh, the overall win, do you think? I'm going to go Kenny Ellison for the overall. Bold pick? Yes. Ooh, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to be boring and go Richie Port because, yes, I'm boring. That's why. Though he did, he did have a bit of a, a throat tickle at the uh, at the interviews today. So maybe he's maybe he's got got a bit sick. So I don't know. Maybe bear that in mind. Actually, no. I'll change it to Lucas Hamilton. That's what I'll do because I like Lucas, as is well established on this podcast. So on that note of indecisiveness, I think we'll close out our discussion of the Herald Sun Tour. Uh, be aware that you can follow all the action from the race by going to Twitter and following the uh, hashtag Sun Tour. I'll be tweeting along with No Doubt the Race and other people from the race. The Oliver, the Oliver's car will be probably the most uh, prodigi- prodigious in terms of um, Twitter output. They always are. I mean, that's one of the things they're, they're really best at. And apart from that, uh, you can tune into the recap podcast, which I'll be putting together after the race and putting out all the interesting interviews from the characters within the race. Good luck, Marcus. I hope to see you on the attack sometime soon. I saw you were in some decent form taking out one of the local Sydney uh, Sydney events recently. Uh, you can't hide anything from Facebook apparently, and and you were up there on the podium. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It's my first on tour, so. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get up the road on um, one of the one of the stages, um, show off the new team colours, and um, yeah, it should be should be a great race. Well, hopefully it is. Also, you can catch the highlights on SBS, and their fourth stage up after the seat will be broadcast live. So check your local guides for that. Okay, we'll see you around. Bye.